If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 206. This is our 2022 RBC Heritage Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, discuss this week's PGA Tour action and betting selections. Good evening, gents. Good evening, afternoon, one of the two. Good afternoon, champs. You all right there, Paul? (laughs) Good afternoon. (laughs) Good evening. Hello. The Masters is over. Uh, it's frazzled my mind. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. I'll put a link in the description to my RBC Heritage preview. Tournament strokes gained analysis, which I found very interesting this week, Paul, that you pulled together for us. Tournament form statistics and our PGA Tour predictive model. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. We're on Twitter. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus... Look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. I've got a couple to read here, chaps. They're both from the United States of America. We actually got, I must say, we did get an influx, and I mean the word influx, of Irish reviews last week, Baron. So uh, thank you to you and your brethren. I don't know if it was you or your friends or whatever, but we got some Irish reviews came in. So I will read, read them out in, in uh, later episodes. Right, this one is entitled At Paul Poodle. Paulie Poodle. Five stars. World-class golf insight delivered by world-class gents. And that is from Big Fan 5309 He's in the US of A. And we've also got a second one. Michael Kane gives golf tips. Five stars. <laughs> if you enjoy the soothing voice of Michael Kane and wagering on golf, there's absolutely no reason why you would not enjoy this podcast. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. And that is from Mike Tullow in the US of A. It's a, it's a recurring theme, isn't it, Steve? This... Um... This Michael Caine um, familiarity and uh, reference to your... Uh, well, we, we've never got our heads around who is Michael Caine. It's got to be Is it it's Barry? Is it me? Is it you? Some, someone tweet Steve and let him know. Yeah. People have, called, <laughs> people have called Barry English quite regularly on comments that we've received. Mm. We've we've had recent comments saying that Barry is a posh Irish person that watches rugby. I do. I don't know. I don't know why people have got things against Irish people that watch rugby union, but this guy did, didn't he? I don't know what his beef was. 
Right? Nah, he was only messing. We, we sorted that all out on YouTube. Did you I, sort it out in the end? Oh, you? it was fine. Yeah, I think I, I think you missed the point. It was you're just missing the Irish humor, Steve. Was That's it like, Irish humor that I was, completely couldn't get my head around? Right over your head. Yeah, exactly. You must have been having having afternoon tea or something like that. <laughs> Tongue in cheek. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's talk about the Masters quickly. I thought it was excellent. I thought that our synopsis, our analysis, our future-proofing in terms of what the weather was going to do, what the agronomy was, what the course was going to do, was pretty much bang on. Yep. So the forecasting, you have to say, was bob-on. So well done to um, um, Windfinder and the likes that we use because you have to say the forecast was brilliant from quite a way out. I think even on the Friday that we did the research podcast, it kind of was plotted out what might happen, and it did. Uh, I was amazed how fast those greens were on Thursday. Bearing in mind that course had five and a half millimetres of... Oh, sorry, five and a half inches of rain. Unbelievable. They barely looked like they had any kind of water on them. They were they were releasing pretty much from Thursday morning, which yeah. I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, they can they can control them to to whatever degree they want, and what they can't control the amount of water that comes in from the skies. Um, once it does land, they can they can do something about it. It drains quickly, and they just get that sub air. Um, cranked up to full speed and away. Well, go. they had they had a tinge of brown in them. They did, yeah. On Thursday morning, so they they clearly just notched the old sub air up for like a, a week earlier, just to clear up as much as they could. The players did say they were as fast as they've ever seen them in practice. So clearly yeah. they were. They weren't mucking about them, and it was a decent tournament. The only thing I was slightly disappointed with that Scotty Scheffler was so bloody good. He kind of he, he had it won almost on Friday night, and um, when you looked historically at the gap that you know the odd player had thrown away, there there was a little bit of a bone there that Svartsel had won in like twenty eleven from six back, and Scheffler was five ahead, and but there wasn't a lot to go on. Mm. And that guy, I mean, his rise is just... I've, I've seen nothing like it. From him winning in Phoenix to, to what he's achieved, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the thing is now, he's, what, a good couple of points clear in terms of yep. the world ranking number one position. And those points are so recent. I mean, it's, was it four wins in six stars? They're so recent that it's going to take yep. someone to do an awful lot and quickly... To uh, to to get back to you know knocking him off that perch, and given how he's playing, you, you can't see it, can you? you know, how he reacts after winning the Masters, and and to your point, he was you know the, the deserved champion, wasn't he? There was the, the you couldn't contest that someone else deserved to win that title. He was the best player on the week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. undoubted. The the long game was good enough. The short game was incredible. Um, and uh, the boy can part. There's, there's, there's no, <laughs> there's no flaws in his game, is there? There's no flaws. Very impressed. It was frustrating how good he was playing. I mean, just because we hadn't backed him. But yep. uh, I mean, the bookies priced himself and Smith so perfectly. It was just a, that torturous number where you're thinking, I can't back you. Know, so we got we got we got put off by the price. We went hunting for value elsewhere. Uh, we found it in Lowry. Um, 
That still yeah. didn't that still didn't hit as well as backing Smith and Scheffler would have. And yeah, maybe the I'm sure there are lots of people out there who just said those are the two hottest players out there right now. I'm just backing the two of them win only and wait for one of them to guess, win. Yeah. Them. Guess what? They were they were the two that were contending on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. yeah. That that moment where Smith went birdie birdie and they both lashed it left on three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even. I mean, it was kind of off the planet, wasn't it? It was quite funny. I saw that one of the balls like landing almost between some gentleman's legs on his um, fold-up chair in the middle of the trees. That that did amuse me at that point. But for for Scheffler to miraculously make birdie, and Smith to then make bogey, I think that was that was a mortal blow. Mm. It just took all of that pressure and momentum away from Smith yep. in what was a head-to-head finish. Yeah. I mean, he did so well to drag him back to almost parity by the twelfth tee, you know, mm. and then just but made it was always he f- was always fighting against the tide, wasn't he? Yeah, but made the fatal mistake. Like you just can't go after that pin on twelve. You just see it time and time again, year yeah. after year after year. You just you're trying to dial up an absolutely perfect shot and hope the conditions or the wind doesn't screw you on that. And uh, yeah, he failed. Damn. He got. He, he had to just play the smart shot, leave himself a twenty footer, and then try and make it back on the other holes. Yeah. If you, if you try, you take that flag on, you hit it a bit long and left. You can get away with it, but short and right, mm. it's not going to work, is it? No. And uh, that was his race run. I mean, you, you got to you got to applaud Rory McIlroy. I thought he had a fantastic round. Um, I thought the body language was incredibly positive, as it should be from a round like that towards the end and. I wonder if that will spur him on now for the for the forthcoming season. Um, I also got to applaud um, Sh- uh, Shane Lowry. I know all three of us are on Shane, and uh, well done, Steve. He was part of your um, your main selections, and Barry and I backed him as well. And after that shot on the par three fourth, wasn't it? And, oh my uh, god! Oh mate, that triple! Oh. I had I had a nightmare situation that we were going to end up with nothing. Mm. But for him to fight back, phenomenal. Yeah, that shot. There's there's a hold at um, on a course that Steve and I play. This similar kind of length, two twenty ish, and you absolutely can't hit it right. Absolutely can't hit it right. There's trees all, all. You know, if you were in there, you you're dead basically. And that that shot he played was reminiscent, Steve, of a shot that you or I would play when we're just talking to ourselves, saying, "Don't hit it right. Don't hit it right." And you play most, this, this this big high slice straight into the team. the most dangerous. Well, mine are never high, but they do slice. The most dangerous word in golf is "don't," because as soon as you, yeah. as soon as you say the word "right" after "don't," all your brain hears is "right," and it goes "okay," <laughs> and the ball, you know the ball's going there. Um, look, that's probably one of the worst shots he's played in years, and yeah, it's gonna hurt. I the thing is, like his. His strokes gained approach for the week, like he's minus, pretty much minus one on strokes gained approach for the whole week. And yeah. I don't think he hit the ball that badly in his approach game. He was, honestly, the, the, the margins and like one or two feet or one or two yards this way or that way with some of his shots where it could have ended up being phenomenal. Um, mm. The amount of times it felt like he was just so close to it being perfect um, it really stung. You know, there was a lot of little ones there. He must have been kicking himself, thinking, well, can I just get that little break? And they, they just didn't fall from. But, I mean, still played 
really, really well. And it's a shame. Like round three was a bit of a shame. His wedges really let him down. Like a poor wedge on eight, poor wedge on nine, poor wedge mm-hmm. on 13. Well, 13 is the whole, like, I think they, they messed the layup. They fudged the layup between the two of them or whatever happened. And so he had a poor wedge there. And 15 was a tricky enough one, but still wasn't a great wedge. Um, and he needed a great wedge at that time. So that, that kind of he left three or four out there on Saturday, and that, that just put him in a position where he was too far back going into Sunday to, to have a re- realistic chance. But great week, you know. Uh, I'm happy with the call because the three of us managed to grab him. Um, somebody who hasn't breached the top 20 at Augusta. So it was a good pick, I think, between us. Yeah. There was many, many a player would have hit that but treble bogey and would have just collapsed completely and you'd yeah. have ended up, he'd finished 21st or something and you'd have just been... Mm-hmm. But for yeah. Shane to fight back, I thought that showed a lot of courage. Yeah, I'd say, here's, here's, a trend, here's a trend for you, chaps. Sergio Garcia, around the green when they arrived at Augusta. Around the green ranking, 24th Garcia, Reed 5th, Woods 5th, DJ 42nd, Matsuama 18th. Scotty Scheffler, 33rd. So there you go. You need people in the top. I'm, I, I'm noting this. This is this is going down all my We need people next year around the green ranking of 40 and above. Yep. Yeah. Just every year. And we've, we've said all along, that, that, you know, that, that is why Victor Hovland, unless he improves his around the green game, cannot win at Augusta because... That place stretches you so much around the greens when you miss. It's unbelievable. But that trend is crazy. 24-5, 5-42-18, and now 33. They're ranking last six Masters winners around the green. And people people often don't say, oh, I don't even put around the green into my model, my predictive model. I'm not interested. Augusta, you've seriously got to have short game. Just got to have it. Also, Cam Smith, he ranked 20th for around the green, heading yep. into Augusta. Crazy, mate. Yeah, and for, just for my bowling, it's clear why. You, you know, you well, yeah, are... but yeah, the, this other thing, Paul. I mean, look, Danny Willett was eighth in the in the ranking. Yeah, mm. Sung J M eleventh. Yeah, you know, there's a li- you know, pretty much anyone that was near the top of that leaderboard is in this ranking. Matsuama, he was he, he gave it a good go, didn't he? Top forty. Cam Smith twentieth. J T thirty third. Yep. It just pretty can't. Much, it can't you know, be an they, auto contending players. It, it, it can't be an auto bogey. You miss a green and you've got to get yourself up and down. Yeah. Um, you, you, as you said, you've got to be gaining um, or at least new, neutral or better um, in terms of strokes going around the green. Two more takeouts for me. JT, what is this guy doing in major first rounds? Mm. Did well to fight back. Got me an each way return at 14 to 1. So I actually ended up with him and Lowry scoring each yep. way full, which... Quite cover my week, and to have two in the top ten at the Masters, I'm more than happy with that. The other one, the, the other one that really fried my brain, Brooks Kepka. Mm. What happened there? Two under he was going into was it eleven or twelve cruising on, on Thursday. Yeah, and he 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 had uh, about a three footer for par on eleven, missed it and fell apart. He was something like over three strokes negative on strokes going putting. He was in the bottom three for putting the whole week. I watched something that um, Nagel's Bagels pulled together at the end of last week. And he had a, a corn ferry player on there. And the guy was saying that, um, that you know, clearly um, 
you know, locker room chat that people just do not fear Brooks Kepka anymore. That's what this guy said. You know, that, that whole being of Brooks and number one and just comes out for majors, mm. people are kind of, whoa. That, that, that concerned me with Kepka. That really did. That's, that's not what you expect to see yeah. from him at majors. So I don't see. I don't know if that's no. going to be a long term. Uh, we see as as that PGA Championship victory at um, Beth Page, where he almost threw it away, and DJ did that cause kind of a, some mental frailty, or but he'd never been the same player since. Well, if the intimidation factor is not there anymore, then no. um, he's you know he's, he's got to be playing extremely good golf and. I don't know. One miss part, one miss short in, yeah. all fell apart severely. Yeah. I think he then bogeyed five of the last six or seven coming home Thursday afternoon. Yep. Wow. That's what that course can do to you, though, if it gets in your head. Oh, yeah, no. Just yeah. people just like spin out. You saw Hatton on the weekend, 79 and 80 or something like that. Like, yeah. you just It just melted. And at gone. one stage, he was he was leading he was leading strokes T to green on the whole and, field. And you were talking about him as I'm marking him down for this week. That came from the mic. Yeah, I, I was all over him for this week at the RBC Heritage, <laughs> and no, I'm not tipping him, and he'll probably now win. But yeah, I said to you, Barry, look at this guy. If he can actually get the putter to warm up, Hatton's nailed on for next week. And then that happened. Anyway. That's a good segue, isn't it? Should we talk about the RBC? Yes. Uh, the, the annual, we haven't got any DP World Tour um, European Tour action this week, so we've got the RBC Heritage. That's the annual uh, relaxation spot after the Masters. Decent field. Uh, Thomas, 12-1 to favourite. Colin Morikawa. At fourteen to one with Cam Smith, DJ's lengthened pole to eighteen to one with William Hill. He's the same price as Patrick Cantley. Then we've got yep. Fitzpatrick and Larry at twenty twos. Corey Connors at twenty five to one. Daniel Berger at twenty eight to one. Thirty to one Webb Simpson, who um, clearly is Mister Harbortown. Russell Henley, who's been backed off the boards at 33s. Uh, get, be careful because I'm going to go wacky Neiman at 33s. Tyrrell Hatton 35s with Sung J Im and Jordan Spieth. It's then 45 to 1 out to Billy Horshaw. Right, now, if, if you're thinking Augusta National, this place is the kind of complete different course setup to what we get at Augusta National. Uh, it's a Pete Dye design, Harbortown Golf Links. Don't be fooled, it's no links whatsoever. Uh, 16 of the holes are actually inland in kind of tree-lined parkland. There's two holes, the 17th and the 18th, on the coast. We're looking at Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass overseeded with Poa Trivialis. We've been seeing that for months before the Masters. Uh, we're also looking at the smallest greens, apart from Pebble Beach, on tour. 3,700 square feet on average. Tends to play as difficult as the wind, as you would expect by the coast. It's a short 7,121-yard par 71. I categorise it as a Carolina golf course. 
and it's a mid-score kind of target level. It's also a short golf course. Carolina, uh, a typical course that you find tree-lined, lots of dog legs, corridors of trees, effectively. Peak die design. If you're looking for other peak die designs, look no further than Austin Country Club, where they played the WGC match play a few weeks ago. Crooked Stick, 2012 and 2016 BMW. Ocean Course, Kira Island, 2012 and last year's PGA. Another... Uh, windy tournament that was with Shane Lowry focus uh, came to the top of the leaderboard in stadium course TPC Sawgrass the players uh, TPC River Highlands the Travellers TP Louisiana where they played the Zurich Classic of New Orleans team event TPC Stadium the host course of PGA West the American Express and Whistling Straits 2010-2015 PGA Championships if you want Pete Dye links that is the full list I also link this very closely. I mean, there's a there's quite a few correlating courses I love the look of here. Uh, one of them, for some random reason, is the Plantation course at uh, the start of the year. The Centre. Loads of top fives there. Sink, Simpson, Kuchard, Graham McDowell, Carl Peterson, Schnedeker, Furick. So a huge link with Kapalua. Another good link also with Sony Open. You won't be surprised by any of these. Wildlife Country Club, they're all Bermuda grass greens. Um, big links. Also, top five, top 10 finishes before they win. people win this. Also, huge link with St. Jude, where they played a WGC. They're not going to be playing a WGC this year. I think they're playing one of the FedEx Cup events there this year. Um, I'm also seeing links with Sedgefield Country Club, where they played a Wyndham. None of this is earth-shattering news, really. John Deere Classic, another one. Also, Copperhead, where they play the Valspar. Huge link there. Sink's got a second there. Simpson a second. Wesley Bryan had a seventh there. Brandon Grace. Uh, we've got Matt Kuchar's top ten there. Kyle Peterson's one there. Schnedeker, fourth and eighth. Jim Furyk's one there at Copperhead. So big, big links. I know it's in Florida. I know it's Tampa Bay. But as we've always said, it's more of a Carolina course the shape of it, the feel of it, just the way it plays. Another good one, especially for older golfers, Cog Hill, where they used to play the BMW. Uh, I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was um, Chicago way, Cog Hill. It was certainly Illinois. Uh, I'm seeing fourth and seventh there for Sink, fifth for Simpson, third for Kuchar, fourth, seventh and tenth for Pettersson. Schnedeker's had a top ten at Cog Hill. Also a win, second, fourth for Jim Furyk. So Cog Hill, the BMW Championship. Another really good link in. Anything you two want to say or should we crack on straight away with um, where we're at in terms of the weather and stuff like that? What are your kind of takeouts from the RBC and Harpertown Golf Link? Yeah, no, I've not got a great deal more to add, to be honest. Um, as, as you say, it uh, can kind of give you the impression from the, uh, the, the the name that it's going to be coastal and linksy, but it's uh, it's not. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not something to get hung up in terms of that um, description, effectively. There's also, this won't surprise you either, RSM Classic, end of the year, played at um, Sea Island. That golfing commune, Sink, 10th, Simpson, 2nd, 2nd, 3rd, 8th, CT Pan, got top 6 there, 
G-Max had a third there. Furyx had a third and a sixth. So, yeah, all these... Basically, we've been saying this for a while now, haven't we? On the PGA Tour, there is now this sub-tour. This sub-tour of short courses, past 70s, past 71s, where the likes of shorter, accurate, shorter... Uh, people that have got excellent approach games, wedge games, putting and scrambling. They're the kind of players you need to be on this week. It's this kind of, my God, there's, you read these quotes quite often. Oh, there's five or six stops each year. You know, it's a Kevin Kisner sort saying it, where I know that I can go there and, you know, I put a, a line in the diary. This is one of these tournaments I can actually go and win rather than these bomber paradises that you get elsewhere. They're the kind of players we're in for this week, in my opinion. Weather-wise, 20 miles an hour, it's going to be blowing on Thursday. Uh, it eases by the looks to kind of 10 to 15 on Friday. It doesn't look like, to me, hopefully, that there's any kind of bias AMPM. That's what you would want here, especially when you're putting your tips up on a Monday, you're disappearing on holiday, and all of a sudden you get to the swimming pool and you realise that five of your five selections are actually on the wrong side of the draw. I don't, hopefully we don't get that. Um, there hasn't been a lot of rain here. It's the least amount of rainfall I've seen on um, Hilton Head Island since 2013 when I started taking notes. So I would not be surprised that even on Thursday, you're getting some good rollout on the fairways. And they do like here, the organisers, they do like the greens to get firm and releasing and a bit, Bunky Saturday and Sunday just to make it a bit more difficult. They're not afraid of that. They don't seem to get the water bowsers out on Hilton Head Island. They let the course kind of dry out naturally. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit frisky come the weekend, which is always good. Winning price of winners here. Past eight renewals, 94 to 1. Since 2010, 74 to 1. Now that's a juicy winning price. As you would expect, is a split. Uh, triple digits. Sink was 150 last year. Pan 160. Satoshi Kodaira. Sorry, I had to mention him. 250 to one when he won in 2018. So that's four. Three of the last four triple digits. Webb Simpson was 30 to one in 2020 when this was actually played in. Was it June when we got back from the COVID times? Uh, it was a different setting then. Wesley Bryan 80 to one. Brandon Grace 40s. Furyk 25s, Kuchar 18s. Another thing I noted, six of the last 12 RBC Heritage winners ranked in the top 18 in the world when they won. So 50% of the last 12 winners all in the top 18 in the rankings. Seven out of 12 in the top 50. There's also a sweet spot, kind of 66, 68, 73 for whatever reason. And the last uh, two of three winners have been 113 and 115 in the world golf rankings. We haven't had a winner outside the top 115 since 2010. So it tends to be a decent player that wins this, but they can win it at quite a juicy price. That's the kind of steer that I would give you. We have some very good strokes gained analysis this week, Paul, that you've pulled together. Well done. I've used it quite a lot. So basically, uh, we go back to 2016 through 2021. I will put a link in the description where you can see who's done what best at the RBC Heritage over the years. Top five in the rankings. Kuchar, this is strokes gain total. Five is Kuchar, four JT Poston, three Daniel Berger, two Patrick Cantlay, one Joaquin Neiman. Right. 
I've gone, you know, chaps, for Dustin Johnson. I thought that the, in my back of my mind, I thought, oh, it's RBC Bank, he's sponsored by them. He don't, I don't think he just comes here for a bit of a job. I'm not so sure, you know. Because when you actually look at what he's done here, how he's ranked, he reminds me very much of Hideki Matsuama at the Sony Open in January, where you looked at his record and you went, he don't tend to do a lot here, cross. But I think 18 to 1 he is, I got him at 16s. 18 to 1 this week at the RBC Heritage when he was 16 to 1 last week at the Masters. QED. He was first tier going into the final round in 2019. And that was the year that that was the week after Tiger had won the Masters, and him and Brooks Kepka were tied second in that behind Tiger. And he came here, fifty-four hole leader, and just fell apart on Sunday when the wind was howling. But yeah. I just think it, you look at you look at DJ. His form is it's just priming itself, really. I think. Uh, eighth in Saudi, ninth at Sawgrass of all places. Pete Dye design. Semi-finalist at the Dell Match Play. Another Pete Dye design. Twelfth last week. Yeah, he's not far off, is he? And you've said this to me in the past, and it's true. A lot of people think Dustin Johnson. Oh, he's bomber. No, 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 no. When he actually can just, he's very. I don't know. When he can just off the tee. Three were take it easy with an iron, which he, he he doesn't mind doing, when he can position off the tee on a short golf course and just use his power. His wins, you know, twice you know, we're looking at Pebble Beach twice, Southwind twice, Chipotlebeck twice. These are all short, tiny golf courses. Austin Country Club, Glen Abbey, TPC River Highlands, Pete Died is on. I just think he's ready to win. I think he'll come here motivated. He hasn't won since the Masters in twenty twenty. So I thought I, I thought sixteen eighteen to one was a good price. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting what you say because we, we, again we've done a bit of analysis in the background to look at the last few years and how players have performed from a strokes game perspective on various kind of setups. Dustin Johnson short courses first, and this is going back to start of twenty seventeen through to the end of the twenty twenty one season for that data. Um, so yeah, you know you got this. Not necessarily a preconception because he is a long hitter, but um, it doesn't necessarily translate to him performing exclusively on the longest courses. As you said, when he can club down a bit um, or he, he can play, play the shots that allow him a, a, a you know a short iron or wedge into a lot of these greens, then um, that's where he can really make hay. Also, strokes gained off the tee in our analysis at this golf course ranks first in the field. He ranks fifth for ball striking in this field and seventh for strokes gained total over the last six renewals. Yep. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that top five, that ball striking is quite interesting. Five is DJ, four Doug Gim, three Emiliano Grio, who finished second here last year. Number one, I was going to say two, Abe Answer, but he's withdrawn. Uh, number one, Joaquin Neiman. Who is my next tip? I'm on Neiman. If, if we're following this trend, you know, of players in the top 18 in the world, but at a deeper price, where we've seen Grace win here at 40 to 1, G Mac win here at 40 to 1. I loved what Neiman did last week. Went out with Tiger Woods in the group of death and shot three under 69. 
in front of the world's eyes on Thursday last week. Yeah. That, to me, he went up in my estimations by a, 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 rank, you know, a, a, a rank or two for me. To be able to do that, to block out all of that noise, all of that kind of weird circus and just play some fantastic golf on Thursday, I thought Neiman did really well then. He looked to be buzzing I would not when be he was surprised. This, this to me, this to me feels like a perfect wacky Neiman golf course. He was fifth here on the on his only time round here two years ago. Sorry, Barry. What, you, what were you going to say? Mike? I was just saying he looked to be buzzing when he was playing with Woods. He wasn't. It did, like it didn't look like the nerves were hitting him. He was just like embracing it. And said, yeah. "This is amazing." If anything, I think the the adrenaline drop was when he wasn't <laughs> with Woods on the Saturday, and he just yeah. collapsed. <laughs> could be, but could he's be. not far away, is he, Neiman? I don't think he's far away. One at Riviera, no, I could, I could see him going win-win in a couple of months quite easily. Wacky Neiman. I mean, if this and this place is running firm and fast this week, a little bit of wind, like his low stingy ball flight was just going to work mm. a treat. So mm, I thought. So they're the two I took at the top of the market i've then gone for some kind of deeper prices where where are you two guys fishing this week deep yeah. what <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit deeper and i've got two that overlap with yours so i won't uh, i won't steal your thunder there oh god um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good thing or a bad thing, I suspect. And when I say that, we we're all on Larry last week, and that didn't turn out too bad. Well, we're all we're all on the same player this week, and everyone yeah. knows who's a regular listener who that will be. But yeah. we'll save that. We'll, we'll save that one for a second. Um, I've backed Matt Kuchar here at sixties, um, and uh, former winner, as we know, sixteenth at the Valspar, second at the Texas Open on his last start. He actually, he needed to win, didn't he, at the Vals, uh, at the at Texas to get into Augusta, which didn't quite happen, but um. We've talked about Kuchar a number of times in this pod and how he telegraphs his wins and um, an improving 16th and 2nd is exactly the kind of um, form line that you see followed by a 1 for Matt Kuchar. And the fact that we're getting a 60, 60 to 1 price for this is just testament to the fact there's so much quality at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. But a lot of that quality played last week. A lot of that quality has um, <laughs> potentially some mental and physical... Um, tiredness baggage from last week that, uh, that that may open the door for one of these guys in these juicy mid kind mid price kind of kind of range. But that was proved by the average odds of the winners, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get bigger price winners here, undoubtedly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I like Cooch. As I say, he's one here. He's one at Sawgrass. We talk about um, Pete Dye, um, second and third at Austin um, Country Club over the years as well. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a fair amount to like for a guy um, at that price point who is well capable of uh, of performing here. I think. Mm. So yeah, that, I had that, a good look at Coach. Yeah, yeah, worth a punt. I think. Any, any apart from the obvious in that kind of bracket for you, Barry? Uh, yeah, somebody who had a, a rest week. He's third in Steve's rolling strokes gained tee to green rankings. Um, he's fourth in strokes gain total and eighth in approach. So those kind of match up nicely for me. And I think he's trending in a, in a good direction. It's Alex Noren. Mm. Yeah. Playing some lovely golf. I'd be fascinated to see how he does later on in the year when he it moves up the up country to bent grass greens. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I know I know the Greens will work against them a bit, but you know. Um, well, they are power trivialist, obviously, which I think will suit him better than pure Bermuda. But yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the, the Bermuda's not as happy hunting ground. But um, yeah, kind of like he's got like, to play well to qualify for majors. I mean, he's going to get into the PGA because I think it's top one hundred, isn't it? But if you know USO, do they have a top sixty category or is it top fifty USO? He's outside a lot of the majors still. Yeah, in terms I think of his qualification, 60. so he's got to keep playing well. Yeah, got to try and get into that top fifty in the world where he was before. Yeah, that's really what they all want. Well capable, yeah. Oh god, yeah, yeah. good player now. Here's um, I'd rather I'd rather be back in Alex Noren at that price than say an Adam Hadwin. Mm. That's just my personal viewpoint. I'm just going to throw a name at you guys. He just he's popped in my head, and I just want to get your thoughts. Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. The thing, the, the thing dead, with Tommy dead silence. Is, it, no, no, no. The, the thing with Tommy is he's trending and he's getting his old strength back, which is that driver. It's coming. And we all of last year, his driving was abysmal. And now you look at Tommy's rep numbers, the driving is coming back to be his strength. I think the rest of his game will come. Whether it's this week... But, you know, logically he fits, doesn't he? And you're seeing him on a coastal course, even though, yeah, yeah, okay, it's not pure coast. But, yeah. He can smell the sea. Available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 he missed the cut last year, but he was stinking up uh, the whole yeah. golf world last year. So, but he did yeah. 25th a couple of years ago. Or sorry, about three years ago in 2019 was his only other appearance here. But um, matching that up with his last, uh, he's what? 20th, 22nd, 16th, 35th, and then 14th last week. It's a lot of good stuff there. Now, I know it, it could just be um, an emotional bet because he's an easy guy to root for. So you're like, I, I put my money on him because it's fun to cheer him on. I'll throw a name at you, Barry. What about Billy Horschel? Same kind of price. See, I'd, I'd enjoy cheering on Fleetwood more than Horschel, so it's not really a money-making proposition I'm chasing. Um, is 43rd last week for Billy. That's probably a good That's week for him at Augusta. one of Augusta finishes, I expect. He doesn't get on well with Augusta. Yeah. I'll tell you what, whatever statistic you look at with Billy, he ticks the boxes. But I, he's one I didn't put up. But he's he's close, Billy Ho, and we know that he's Bermuda grass. He's he's a Bermuda grass putter. That's where he gets his results. Yeah, and he's been playing uh, well, hasn't he? I mean, compared to his game in the he's fourteenth in, in, in the world, Paul. Yeah, fourteenth in the world gets no credit whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. So he fits that trend, you know. If he was if he was to win this week, forty to one, top eighteen in the world. Yeah, he's he's one that concerns me because I haven't tipped him up. Right, who's going to take us through the bet that all three of us have placed on the same player this week? You, one of you guys, do it. Go on, then I'll I'll, Go I'll, on. I'll, I'll I'll do KK, and then you guys can chip in if Go you've uh, if you've got anything else to add. I mean, his peak die record for a start is second to none, really, isn't it? Um, his record at the match play um, at Austin Country Club over the years is great. Um, second recently again to Scotty Scheffler, wasn't he? Um, uh, that was yeah on his previous start, but uh, prior to that he'd won there. He'd been runner up as well, um, fourth at the Players Championship. I mean, if you're looking for another big 
P-Die pointer, <laughs> then uh, you're not going to get much yeah. bigger than that. Um, you mentioned the Wyndham and your preamble. We won the Wyndham last year. Um, third at the Sony Open. Um, he's been playing some good stuff, hasn't he? Short yeah. course, he's suiting. Happy on the Bermuda Power that's here as well. Um, loads to add, really. Second year in 2015. Um, he lost that playoff, didn't he, to uh, to Steady Jim that week. Um, seventh and eleven since then. Uh, I, I don't know. This, you know, the, the only can can you call it a negative finishing forty fourth last week at the Masters? I don't think so. That's far too long for um, for KK. This is much much more his bag. Kevin Kisner forty five to one. I think he is now. Again, he's another one of these players that's been heavily backed um, in the early exchanges of Monday here over in the UK, but. Um, Anything around that kind of price, 40, 45 to 1, I think is worth a, worth a punt each way this week. Do you, do you know what? I'll chime in this one. He's got a brilliant chance of making the President's Cup team this year. It's it's wide open. He's currently in 10th spot in their qualification. If he can bag a win, he's pretty much in, I think. With his match play record... Because a, a win... At somewhere like this would boast it would take him it would take him above Homer, Coke Rag, Hoagie, Gooch. So he'd be sitting in the top five or six. And I think that's a big motivator to someone like Kevin that's been looked over across Ryder Cups and Presidents Cups for a lot of times. So wide open that for Team America. You you know, you've got Spieth, Xander, DJ, they're all outside. Berger, Reed. They're all outside the qualification spots right now. Could be a could I mean things will change, but there's going to be players in that team that you would not have guessed would be in it at the start of the qualification process. I think Kisner could be one of them. Yeah, yeah, good motivating motivating factor for him this week. <laughs> Scotty Scheffler, look at this. He's got ten thousand three hundred twelve points. The next best is Sam Burns on six thousand. Basically, he's just snaffling all of the points. Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think he's Brilliant. in the team, Steve. I think Scott is in here. Yeah. So Kisner, I, Kis, I like Kisner this week, but then I always love Kisner on Bermuda, and clearly uh, Barry is the Kisner whisperer, so he's on. Nothing further to add. Nothing further no. to add. I just <laughs> I needed to let that. Just needed to let that air age really hammer home. I, it, I have gone for a player that is very similar to Kevin Kisner. He's the kind of player that wins PGA Tour events, and no one gives him credit in the betting market. He was first chalked up this morning at sixty-six to one, which I thought was madness when he's longer than players like Maverick McNeely, Russell Henley, and all manner of players beneath him in price. Kevin Nahr. You just know with that guy, he's a short course specialist that plays these shorter formats, and that's where he gets his bread and butter wins. Five mm. PJ Tour victories now. He ranked, get this chaps, at Augusta National, which is probably one of the most alien courses to him. He ranked first for greens in regulation last week and first for strokes gained on approach. Madness. He's got a sneaky good record there. Yeah. Uh, Four top that, 15s. Yeah. Four it, top 15s at Augusta. That's crazy. 
It's uh, guy that can't hit it belonging two hundred and eighty off the turn. No, no, it's, it, it, yeah, on paper the course doesn't suit whatsoever. So for him to perform there, and what he finished fourteenth in the end, I think, didn't he? So just outside right. that twelfth that would uh, yeah, automatically give him a spot for next year, but he'd probably get in anyway. Um, but yes, he made he made the um, he made the last sixteen as well at the match play where yeah. he got beaten by Will Zalatoris on the twentieth hole in the Sweet Sixteen. Mm. He played some good stuff now. 66 to 1 this morning. I managed to grab 55s, eight places each way. Yep. No, I'm on Nara as well, Steve. We've talked about him a few times, haven't we? And um, we talked about him targeting and focusing on these events that he can actually win. And this is one of the targets, isn't it? It's it's a shorter, um, less reliance on the par fives. Um, these 70s and 71s are absolutely where he can... Can can make hay and five times the winner on the PGA Tour. I mean, he, as you said, he is um, always overpriced. He's just one that doesn't get the uh, the bookies scribbling and cutting his price down, which is uh, which is good for a player who can actually get over the line. So, yes, Kevin Nars got to be on the team this week. I think he won the um, Colonial the week after the PGA. So he has got previous where he's won a tournament the week after a major, mm. which I like as well. The other thing I like about Nar, he's got excellent form of that Cog Hill course I mentioned, the old BMW Championship venue. DJ's won at Cog Hill. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Right, any more at this kind of 66 to 100, or are we going to go straight on to triple digits? One more name just to throw into the, one more on, just to throw into the mix. Could it be a chance for Siwoo Redemption? I knew it. I knew the Siwoo Whisperer was mm. going to come up the trumps. Playing well, wasn't I mean, yeah. Look, just, I've just thrown up die positive and short course positive on the predictor just to see who's popping there. There's Siwoo, 10th. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a case to be made. Absolutely. Wasn't he? Um, I think he was kind of top 20 fringy going into Sunday, wasn't he, at the Masters? He was playing well enough. I just seem to have a bad Sunday, but playing well. Yeah. Playing very well, Seawoo. Bermuda grass, only ever tip him at Bermuda on Bermuda grass uh, tracks. That's where he performs. So, yeah, he's another name, isn't he? Definitely. I would take Seawoo over a Chris Kirk at the same price, for example. So, I'm, what happened? What happened to Sue on Sunday? He was going fine, and then he decided to make six bogeys in a row from nine through 14 mm, to nice. shoot 76. So yeah. uh, maybe he just ran out of steam. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Doesn't I think he kind of... Was he in that kind of position? He might. I think he finished slightly higher. He didn't have that run on Sunday, but he wasn't that million miles away in terms of his form at Augusta when he should have won. In 2017, or was it 2018 with Kadira? 2017. I've got one more triple digits. Dylan Fratelli, 100 to 1. 100 and let me just check before I say the number. 110 in the world. Very similar to Sink and Pan. Eighth here in 2020 was in the final groups at the Valero Texas Open, joint leading with JJ Spawn, Brant Schnedeker, and one other I can't remember, the week before the Masters. 
one of those kind of players that's clearly a dual winner across both main tours. And Paul's told me this in the past, and it's true when you look at his results, and he's done the same on the PGA Tour. When he clicks and you get these tiny periods where things are all coming together for Fritelli, he's a kind of player that goes bang, bang to contending performances on the bounce. See it a lot on his record. And he was fifth at a Masters in 2020 and fifth at the Open Championship last year. So the guy's got pedigree. He can mix it at the very top when he's on it. Yeah. I just think I, I, that that when I looked through the odds, I looked at the stats, I looked at the his ranking. He's in the top 25 across my approach, play and tee to green over the last eight weeks. It all kind of merged together and he's the one I thought, triple digits, I'll take him. So Dylan Fratelli. A John Deere Classic winner a few years ago. So that again, short, tree line, Parkland. Yeah. Also, I remember, because you've told me this and it's true, Paul. Very good on Tiff Eagle Greens in the um in Dubai. Yeah. Earth yeah. Course and Dubai Desert Classic. So he gets on okay with Tiff Eagle, no problem at all. Yeah, he's got a bit of DP World tour form, hasn't he? Yeah, yes. there's uh, I, I think there's there's far worse um, players in that kind of bracket. To uh, was his first Euro Tour victory at Mauritius as well, coastal golf course. Oh, you're asking me a question now. Brain yeah, I think he was. Frazzled. Yeah, I know it was. It was. Mm. So yeah, I know that's past Parlem, but yeah. he's a winner by the sea. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I, that's my that's my deepest price. Fratelli, hundred to one. I got that with Paddy Power, eight places. Mm. Right, over to you two then to end the selections. Yeah, I've got just uh, just a couple that I've backed. Um, one uh, similar price to, to Fratelli, Russell Knox I've backed 125 to 1. You've got 125? Uh, wow. Yeah, well, I've, I've, had to comprom- I've had to compromise on the price, uh, on the places, but uh, you know that I can't resist a, resist a price like that. There you go, Barry. He's 125 to 1 on Russell Knox. The if there's one places. player you need every single <laughs> living place for, it's Russell Knox. Oh, I don't know. It, it, it oh, could be Paul. his week. Oh, oh Paul. Oh, Here comes he's... the inevitable tie for ninth. Uh, he's not, you t- didn't t- even take him eight places. Tie for sixth or seventh sounds like he's going to be failing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, you know, I just can't resist. Paul. Um, no, but listen, there's a case for Knox. There's a, he's another one, oh, isn't he? There's a case, yeah. Yeah, he's another one who's better on the shorter courses and... Um, I think he's quietly playing some half-decent golf at the moment. Um, if you look through his record, three times he's led the field for greens and regulation over his last 13 starts. So the irons yeah. are generally very, very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Seventh at yeah. the Sony, sixth at Sawgrass recently as well. Second here in 2016, that was the year that Brandon Grace won. Um, a couple of top 11 finishes alongside that as well here at Harbour Town. If you look at his raw record, and this is probably why you're getting the price um, this week, three missed cuts on his last three starts here, 57th and 61st, his two finishes since the players. But I think it's a little bit better than that. Um, he was handy going into Sunday at the Valspar around the top 20 kind of position. He was he led after the first round at Texas on his uh, on his last start. So the, there are signs of life there. Um mm. And this is a guy that's won some decent tournaments over the years. He's won the WGC HSBC Champions, didn't he? he won the Travellers. 
Um, won the Irish Pete Open. Pete died his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won the Irish Open on the DP World Tour. That was a Rolex series event. So he's yep. a capable guy, um, and I think this course suits him. So, yeah, I've had to compromise on places, and that may well come back and bite me on the backside. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take my chances. So Knox is in. I've also, just before we came on air, back Jim, Jim Herman, the Hermanator, 500 to 1, just because I like to back Jim Herman. At yeah. mad prices, and he does occasionally get over the line. He's your Matt Every replacement, isn't he, Jim yeah. Hermanator <laughs> Herman? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That yeah. Perfect. It's either him or Ted Potter, but uh, yeah, Herman's in this week. <laughs> Ted Potter's disappeared off the turn. Jim Herman will in a couple of months' time, but you're still going to back him until that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because. how's Herman look? How's Herman looking for a first round leader? Because. He took off okay the last time he backed him, didn't he? He did, you're right. Yeah, he, he, he got me reasonably excited for a while and then um, he ended up... Uh, he made the cut, which is, is not, not such a bad thing for Jim. Um, he was right at the bottom of the uh, the players who did make the cut. But um, yeah, he, he got off to a half-decent start. I think if you can get a week where Herman's in a half-decent position going into the weekend and it just clicks for him, and then he can go and put an absolute, you know, he's the kind of player who bangs in a couple of 64s or a couple of 63s or something mad and, mm. and just records another another win on his record. He's yeah. capable of doing it. Maybe he's a round one live punt mm. once you actually see that he's moving. Yeah, 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 potentially. Mm. You won't get the price on him, but uh, yeah, if you no, no, if, no. You, if you get you get some signs that he's playing some good stuff, and uh, I think there've been just a few little indications. What was he seventh at Puerto Rico recently, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's decent enough. We'll see. He wins off miscuts or like fifty ninths or something. But if you see us, if you do see something, he's one to crack on you. Mm. What about you, Barry? Big price. Big price. Uh, coastal short. I've- Gray McDowell, see if he's got over that little injury that had him withdraw there recently. Himself and the other one I was eyeing up. I'm not backing all of these, by the way. I'm not, it's, I'm not losing the run of myself, but um, another one I've got him looking at is Eric Van Royen. Mm. Yeah. So I, his, his recent record has pushed his price out, and it actually is not, it, it reads worse than it is. Because the 60th was match play, and that can just happen to anybody. And then last week is Augusta, and I just, you know, you can kind of just wash that one aside. Um, sometimes guys just can't handle it. But before that, he had a 13th, um, so, and he's at a 21st here two years ago. So he's 100 to 1, just looking at him. Mm. Kind of price that wins. It's any other one, I thought. Didn't back him, but I thought it was interesting. Charles Svartzel, yeah, tenth at the Masters. I'm seeing him at 150 to one, mm. eight places. Yeah, what did Stewart Don't forget, that's do a last guy, year? That's a guy that won at Valspar, Copperhead. You know what I was saying about the link. It was interesting mm. listening to him in an interview um, over the weekend because he was coming off the back of what six straight miscuts, I think. So yeah. you, you'd you'd have needed a crystal ball to put him up for a top ten last week, but he was he, second going into the weekend yeah. at the Masters. Oh, no. he, he said that you know, despite the despite the results that are clear for everyone to read, um, he said he'd been playing some decent golf, and you know that. 
the manifestation of that last week was a top 10 at Augusta. And we know he, he enjoys the courses. Obviously a master's champion of days gone. But yeah, you drop him a, a, a little bit of levelling class this week. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Again, there's worse bets out there, I think. Interesting name. Mm. I think that's us, chaps. Indeed. Are we done? Yeah, we need to stop or else I'll just come up with names and start betting money. So, <laughs> okay. Well, we've done this recording on Monday because I'm disappearing off to Fruit Ventura for a week. So, there will be no podcast next week. Uh, Paul will be putting all of his content out, though. What is your event next week, Paul? Yeah, it's a, it's a new one. It's the ISPS Hander Championship in Spain, it's called. Um, which has been played on the legs course in Tarragona. So some research required into said course um, mm. and uh, the players that are playing. But yeah, pop along to the site. Monday evening next week, I will have a preview out and uh, a few selections, no doubt, to see who will go well in Spain. Just what you need, we, we, Paul, like to make the European tour picks even easier. Uh, new course, new everything. <laughs> I think it's apart from Qatar. I think it's been a, a new course or a new event for um, about the last three or four for on the DP World Tour. But yeah, can't complain. It's nice to get back into back into some action over there, and we'll have some good events that come up over the next few months on the DP World Tour. So something to get our teeth into. We've got we've got a new event the week after when the podcast is returning. The Mexico Open at Vidanta. Don't ask. I know nothing about it. It's a 7,456-yard par 71. It's a Greg Norman design. Apart from that, I know nothing. So that will be the PGA Tour action on our next podcast. So uh, we look forward to that. Good luck with your bets, chaps. Yeah, you too. Yeah, Enjoy, enjoy the week. You enjoy too. your holiday, Steve. I'll try to, mate. Enjoy the, enjoy the kids and our win on Sunday. Mate, it will taste sweet with a nice cold beer. Seeing Kevin Kisner bring home the bacon or Kevin Nahr. Clearly, they both missed the cut and I'll be very depressed on my uh, Easter Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I hope your bets go well, listeners, and we will be back, yes, week after next. It will be the next podcast. That will be podcast number, he says, checking his script. Was it 207? 207, yeah. 207. Enjoy your golf till then. We'll be back then. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system. The golf betting system is the golf betting system.